0: Because I felt yes. like, I felt like I had, and then the third feeling was, I felt like I had made it to the NBA. Because mm. I, growing up, I always wanted to go to the NBA. But mm. I got cut in high school, like Michael, I got cut in high school and all that. And so I came to the conclusion that, at that day, that I did make it to the NBA. Not the National mm. Basketball Association, but my natural born abilities. Woo, come mm. on, somebody. <laughs> I was able to use my own abilities. and then let me, let me can I add something to it, Dave? And yeah, also, yeah. Because I found out during the processes that, it, and I'm not being pretentious, but it's it's only 200 and something odd players in the NBA, right? Across the globe, right? yeah right. like 300 now, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the odds are greater for me to make it to the NBA than it is to become a McDonald's owner because it's 6.3 billion people on the planet. Uh, uh, I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons, yeah. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah. yeah.
1: very, very rare that we ever do part two on How I Discover My Gift. So you know if we do a part two, that means the person brought the heat and there's so much more we have to dive into. Uh, and that's the case with Ken Brown. So we're going to pick up for listeners that were listening to the last episode, Ken was talking to us about how he had the opportunity. Um, his boss at the time moved up and went to uh, a territory in Detroit to manage uh, franchises in uh for mcdonald's in detroit and now ken is being presented with the opportunity and uh ken you can take us right into that um
0: yeah. experience uh, that's so before i start you know i always got to give a co- context you know you ever heard says uh success is when preparation meets opportunity that's this yes. moment and so um Edie white was her name. She was actually running the Chicago region with a leadership team. And she got an opportunity to run the entire Michigan region, which might be about 200 and something odd stores. So she was putting together her five-year plan. So that's when she called me and had me come to Michigan to become an owner. And it's very interesting. So, um, you know, they always say, don't get ready, stay ready. That's that get ready, stay ready moment that when she said, I want you to come to Michigan, I thought she was saying the job. And I told her, I said, I don't do jobs. She said, shut your mouth, young man. I'm not talking about a job. Yeah, I watched you. She said, I watched you. And that's a perfect lesson because most people want to be, I guess, I had a conversation before this conversation with you about someone they were talking about what's the, can, what's the difference between a leader and a boss. And I kind of unpacked it. And that's the difference is that, you know, most people want to be a boss. They don't want to own their own business. That makes sense? They just want to be a boss. And so for me, I truly, truly had a service heart. And I just wanted to be free. And I wanted to be able to lead people to freedom like Moses. I'm, I got I'm, I'm, to be transparent with you. And so yeah. when the opportunity presented itself, you know, she said, you know, you took ownership. Now, that's very important. She said, I watched you, Ken. She said, the way that you took care of our business, just imagine if you had your own. And that's when she, mm-hmm. I got a call from Fleet Bank of Boston, and they said, Ken Brown, we heard about you. Now, that's very powerful, Dave. I think just you talk about God's favor, you talk about preparation, you talk about grace, you talk about, from my standpoint, the only thing I can control is my preparation. My, my, right. I, I was, I took total control of my personal development. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and so to be able to most people right now that I coach or call me my clients, uh, one of the, one of the things we do now is we do business funding and mm-hmm. I, I would believe like maybe 85 to 90% of the people who have a great business plan. They got a great idea. They full of passion. They might even know their purpose. But that finance and that funny thing is always the sticker for them. You agree with that? So can you imagine me? Born a teenage parents, a big 10 times. I I was 33 years old at the time. 33 years old. And then I get a call. I didn't have to put together a business plan for these people, do a pitch session. They called me and said, Kim Brown, we heard about you. Boy, that's gangster right there. And they said, we want to invest in you. And I can't make this up, David. And they said, so we need, we need you. We need your fax number. I didn't have a fax number at that time. I had just moved from Chicago to here. I didn't build my infrastructure yet, but I had a mentor here that I was, that I was dealing with and he had an office. So I quickly called his secretary and said, what's your fax number? I'm going to get a fax, and I, and I got a fax from Fleet Bank of Boston, which is now a Bank of America, and they said, Mr. Brown, we heard about you. We want to invest in you. And it was on a one page. It wasn't a big, thick document. It was a one-pager. said, all you have to do is sign your name, and we're going to wire transfer $3 million to your account for you to purchase these two McDonald's franchises. but da pa ba I was loving it, bro. And so that's oh, yeah, pretty powerful yeah. that a, a a commercial lender would call you and say they heard about you and they want to invest in you. And, you know, Dave, sometimes I think about that was a wonderful way to get in business, man. But it's untraditional and it's interesting because I didn't have to go through the normal hurdles, man. And so that's why I really leverage my knowledge, skill and ability now to help people because... That's I didn't have to go through that. You know what I'm trying to say? And so I didn't have a mother, a father, a spoon fed. But when it came to access to entry, I had a skill set, I had the passion, I had I had the capacity to do it to, to own my own business, but I didn't have the finances. So I thank God, man, from the bottom of my heart and Edie Wydell for being able to, to, um, to give me that missing piece. And you got a combination lock, and you got three of the numbers and that one number. So for them to do that finance speech for me. That gave me clarity, man. I was able to go into those stores and skyrocket because, like as said, money ain't a thing. Woo, come on, somebody! Right. I, I, I just, want, I just want to rewind
1: real quick. Like, like this is not this is colossal. You're God. you're
0: telling me you got three million dollars, dude. I got. I I I, I, still, I think I still got the. Uh, we had screenshots, but I still got the receipt. I mean, I'm telling you, in my bank wow. account, with my name on it, Brown wow. Food Group. Yes, no, wow. it's power. Yes, now, wow. honest,
1: like, like, what, what? You got to take us, because Ken, I know it's been some time, but can you take us through the emotion? Like, you've had this journey this far, and you're seeing this. Like, you already know you were seizing the opportunity when it was in someone else's name. Now you're mm-hmm. seeing this is Ken's Food Group. Mm-hmm. Obviously, ran, managing McDonald's franchises, but this money is in your name, your account, your mm-hmm. vision. What was that moment? What did you feel like? Take us emotionally when you saw this amount of money in your account, knowing that you're going to build this amazing
0: empire. How did? What did you feel? What were you? What was going through you? You know, it's that's it's, it's, it's a great question, man, and you're taking me back there right now. Uh, the first thing to be taught, the first one was a sigh of relief. Because this is, I mean, because I knew I had the skill set. I knew I had the desire. I was a subject matter. At this point in time, I was at the top of my game. So be, I saw relief the first because that, I didn't know how I was going to, get, now can I go back a little bit? I remember... A couple of years prior, I had got an opportunity to buy into a small regional in Chicago. was called It's called Charlie Robinson, Robinson Ribs. He had three locations. He's really big in Chicago. He, I was a consultant for him, and he offered me an opportunity to buy into his one of his franchises. It was only one hundred fifty thousand dollars. I went to my friend, my family members, the first step friends and family, and they told me they didn't have it. So for me, I was at first man, I was distraught. At first, when the first opportunity, so when this one came, my first emotion was relief. Woo! I wasn't fearful because it never. And I hate to say, but time was, but it wasn't about the money. It was like freedom. Woo! I'm free. Call me Kunta. I was a free man. Woo! Come on, somebody. <laughs> you no. Know, and then I've always been wise enough because I've always been wise and understand the power of of, of, of um of a um, mentoring and coaching. So my and my second response was I I immediately grasped onto a McDonald's comptroller, two of them they were brothers too and so I would spend about 80% of my time with them trying to understand fiscal responsibility at that level I had never heard about suda fuda EBITDA. you know what I mean ROI SOI what but guess what? Mm. I would go on Saturday mornings, early in the morning, sometime on Friday nights. While my buddies were out there kicking it, and I'm there. I'm a student of the game. What is that number? How does my P and L impact my balance sheet? How does my balance sheet? So I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning finance at that level because that was my only gap. Was not operations? My gap was the financial piece. That makes mm. sense because I felt yes. like I felt like I had. And then the third feeling was I felt like I had made it to the NBA. Because Mm. growing up, I always wanted to go to the NBA, but Mm. I got cut in high school. Like Michael, I got cut in high school and all that. And so I came to the conclusion that at that day that I did make it to the NBA, not the National Mm. Basketball Association, but my natural born abilities. Woo! Come Mm. on, somebody! I was (laughs) able to use my own abilities. And then let me let me add something to it, Dave. And also, because I found out during the processes that, and I'm not being pretentious, but it's, it's only 200 and something odd players in the NBA, right? Across the globe, right? The right. Like 300 now, right? Mm-hmm. So the the odds are greater for me to make it to the NBA than it is to become a McDonald's owner because it's 6.3 billion people on the planet. And it's only like, it was only at the time, like 100 and something odd, less than 200 McDonald's owners. So in my mind, I was like, wow, this is my plot in life. I, I could dominate this. So it would I can say sincerely that I was not fearful because I believe scared money can't make money. I wasn't right. scared. I've always been one to ask for help. So I and then so I surrounded myself immediately with three people who were smarter than me. Woo! Yeah. Come on, somebody. And they would call yeah. in players for me. Call in players for me. What should I do here? What Ooh. I didn't know. My father, I had to fire my father because I tell you the story. When, yeah. when we got along, they asked me. Who's on your team? My father worked in hospitality management. He was a chef. So I brought him in from California, told him to quit your job, paid him a lot of money, said, You're going to come here, you're going to work in our company. Now, we I built one McDonald's from the ground. And as we're going through the construction, we used to have these meetings once a week, every week on updates. And my father used to tag along with me. So this one particular time, the comptroller from McDonald's called me and was going over the numbers. He said, Mr. Brown, I want to go over your numbers. He said, congratulations once again. Here's your loan. He said, you're borrowing $3 million. He said, and he kind of went through what it was for. And then he said, your debt service is going to be $27,000 a month. My father kind of coughed. You okay, bro? He goes some water. And then he kept nudging me. We're in a meeting with McDonald's, and he nudging me. Kenny, Kenny. I said, Dad, what's going on? He said, can I talk to you in the lobby? We went into the vest of you. Now, we're in my restaurant. is being built being built from the ground. We the, the, the roof is on, so we're inside. And he took me in the vest of you. And he, my father is very, he's a, 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 a orator. He's very focused. He's a man's man. And this man was like, thought he saw a ghost. Kid, Kenny, he couldn't even, Kenny, Kenny, what's going on? Did you okay? He said, Did you see that number on there? Yeah. He said, That's $3 million. Yeah, Dad, we made it. My father, bro, who telling me this. Then he says, yeah. um, but you gotta pay back forty seven thousand dollars a month just for the loan? Yeah, dad. But we but about McDonald's. He was scared. That mm. night I went home, I really didn't sleep. I I, I just tossed and turned and I had to make an executive decision to sit down with my father later on that week and tell him I gave him six months' severance pay. I had bought him brand new um a brand new Jeep Cherokee that was his favorite car. And I said, dad, I think I made a mistake because God gave me this opportunity and I brought you in because it's family and we all want to own our own business. I said, but, um, maybe I made a mistake because he was scared and I know scared money can't make money. And I needed people in my circle that were going to, going to fortify me, push me, challenge me. And he was scared. And so I had to fire my father and that, I, I I didn't fire him, I freed him. Come on, somebody. I free, And he, yeah. I, gave, I paid him for the whole year, paid him for the wow. rest of the year a salary and gave that car, gave him that car. And I'm gonna tell you that to me was huge, man. So to answer the question succinctly, there was so many plethora of a scale of emotions went through my mind, but I can tell you this one was never fear, never fear. I tell you that much brother, never fear. Wow. And guess what? And you know, and I keep, can I be honest with you, I had to faith it until I made it. Mm. I don't fake it. I had to operate by faith. Just believe that Mm. I had. God, you ain't going to bring me this bottle. Leave me, Lord. Lord, you ain't going to set me up to be a a, a failure, Lord. And so I had to stay up late nights, work weekends. I couldn't kick it. I didn't take a lot of vacations on the front end because you got that. uh, I'm getting this $3 million, but forget about that part. Guess what? I also have to staff two restaurants and it takes about 80 to be at capacity it takes 80 people to staff a restaurant, according to McDonald's standards. So I had to also staff and lead a high-performing team. So I couldn't focus on that though so the money part. I had to focus on yeah. the operations because that was my area of expertise. And I did that. I focused on operations. And guess what? I made enough money to pay that loan off in six years. Come on, somebody oh wow Amazing. in addition to paying that loan i had to pay mcdonald's forty five thousand dollars a month to use their name and yada yada, yada. Oh. don't start talking about that that's a whole different thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: wow yeah. so I PhD, so man. I, did it for them. I i i can imagine right take me through because i know you're a systems guy yep. take me through just i'm i'm sure people wonder mcdonald's university and the impact that it had on you and their whole signature system and what, cause let's be honest here, right? McDonald's doesn't make the best burgers in the world. Right. Uh, you know, um, but they have, the I believe they have the best systems in the world. Um,
0: and, and so if you could speak about that. Absolutely. You nailed it, but McDonald's don't They don't have the best fries. That's a lie. I, I had the opportunity to go to the plant that makes the fries for McDonald's. I had the opportunity to go to kind of farm the table, then they'd done that went to the plant to, th- to see the chicken come out of the coop then 45 minutes later it's in a box IQF individually quick frozen no, come on brother real talk so uh burgers went to the whole the whole I mean literally the whole gamut um they don't have it at all but unequivocally and i did work with companies like the Marriott 711 Wendy's I mean go, go on and on no one can uh, uh, compared to McDonald's system, um, yeah. it's from they make sure that and you know what and it's so and can, I, can, I, can I digress for a minute? It's so interesting yeah. how that's why it's so important to I don't care what level you go to, it's always important to commit to lifelong learning. Because when I first became a licensee, and I I can't remember who I think it was one of the controllers gave me a book to read, and guess what that book first book was? It was it was um it was of uh, the E Myth by Michael Gerber. Yeah. Now, here I am, dude, 33 years old, got this $3 million loan trying to staff these two restaurants in a, in the and I got to op- I got to say this, I'm I got an opportunity that at that point in time that was truly above my capacity. You agree? Mm-hmm. So, reading, you know, I'm reading balance sheet spreadsheets, schedules, order guides, but I I wasn't personal development for that little window I wasn't doing it every day because I, so, I was on the ground, boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. So right. I gave me the book and I put, put it to the side, put it to the side, put it to the side. Then after getting in the system, I read that book. And in that book, they talk about McDonald's and they taught me something that I share with my clients and I use it. And it tells me this, and this McDonald's philosophy. And it says, you create a system, mm-hmm. right? You create a system, you, you master that system, then you find the right people and let the people manage the system. And mm. then you don't manage the people, you, you manage the system. And cause that's KPIs. Cause if you got a mm. system then you don't gotta worry about the people who's operating. You look at the key performance indicators, then you can backtrack and say, okay, David was at this point, And then you can work at David, give him the two time of training. That's what McDonald was so, so great at with me is mm. that from um, the onboarding process, they made sure that you got ingrained in the system. That you you did the you did the the video back then, um, and, and you go you went through the training, and then you had to go through every level of training. Like I went to Hamburger U. Hamburger U is the yeah. highest level. I got a I got I got I, on my wall. I actually have a I have a bachelor's degree in Hamburgerology. Woo! Come on, somebody. <laughs> I, I do, and it ain't just hamburgers though. It's operating yeah. systems. They are, wow. a, they are they are master at operating systems, man. They taught me about the mm-hmm. three-legged stool, three-legged stool that th- th- about, about being collaborative. You know, you have mm-hmm. the owner-operator, you got the corporation, and you got the vendor. So everything they did was a part of that system. And so also, it also provides you make, make checkpoints. You don't get to go to the next level unless you are proficient at the one level. So you go through basic training, then you go through advanced training, wow. then you go through, so yeah, I mean, and they got these things called a uh, station guide. So how do you make, how do you do a fry? Now, people say, well, you just drop the fries. And they no, to make sure that everything is consistent. See, system means save yourself time, energy, and money. So it tells you, I remember, hey, you know, fries come up, you drop the fries, everything is automated. So you have a station guide over every station to walk you through what steps to take to make, I, I hate to be that word, idiot proof. That, that's not a good word. It's to make sure that everybody on the same page, like a director in an orchestra. That's how they're able to scale so great because they have a system and they have an ONT manual and everything is in there. How to mop the floors, how to clean the tiles, how to clean the grill, how to clean the machines. You just don't do it your way. You do it their way. And I'm going to tell you now, people probably thinking, well, why are some of them so trifling? It's because they don't follow the system. See, what I did was I went in, I didn't just follow the system i told my team we are going to become the master of this system period mm. and so it is it, bar none man i've been across the, the world their system mm. is i still to this day have respect for because now that's my business right now because of me having that opportunity to operate those and go through all those trainings and not just go through them but to operate them and i want Every year I was in bit, I won Rookie of the Year, First of the Year. Come on, somebody! And every wow. other year I was in the system, both of my stores won Outstanding Restaurant. Come on, somebody! Wow. Yes, because guess wow. what? I mastered their system. I mastered it, Amazing. and so yeah, and so it's it's powerful. And so now I can go, I can go into other franchises or people who want to start a franchise, and I can go in. I draw on that experience. Game over, kiss the baby. Woo! That's some exciting stuff, man. Yeah, I yeah, they They it. There's one so thing I gotta add too. Yeah. So, I, no, and I, I had I've covered the to there too. So they're really, and McDonald's is huge on R and and D. Mm. So they have these innovation, and they big on innovation too. So they got these mm. things strategically located in different cities called the innovation labs. Come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. So they got people in there all day long with this makeshift like restaurant and they're going through <laughs> different processes. They're going through different processes and procedures, perfecting it before they go live. Oh man, so when you see a product come to market, trust me, yeah. they ain't just going by the fleet of their pants. They got data, they got analytics, they got everything to support. They can tell you how much you're going to make on that product, how much you're going to sell. Once you put it to media, how much you gonna order? Man, let me tell you something, boy. That's why I was so good at it, because here I am. You gonna give me an opportunity to run a business and you gonna give me a cheat code and I ain't gonna use it? Woo, come on somebody. Oh dude, wow. come on, man. you got me excited about that, boy. That's
1: amazing, it's amazing. Yeah, it's man. So,
0: Best experience of my so, life.
1: So I, I love it. I mean, how proud was Edie
0: when, when she saw all this happen? That, you better stop, man. That's a powerful question. I never knew, man, because Edie was Edie was a gangster. She was an operational superstar. So, she expected the best. When she came to Michigan, people didn't like her because she came from Chicago. Chicago is the mothership. It's, that's the core. So, the restaurants normally operate at a higher level because close so close to the mothership. So, when she came here, it was to turn around the whole region. So, you look up you the owner but you look up in your drive through at 5:30 in the morning and she's in your drive through placing an order doing quality assurance yes this is the vice president of the company wow so at first i didn't think cuz it was it was strictly business but i never forget she she used to come to my stores and just do quality assurance and so it wasn't until a couple of years ago we went to Florida we got an investment together in Florida and we went to Florida man and she Talked to my wife and my family, and she told me something I didn't know. She said, "You know, um, I want to thank you, Ken." She said, "I said for what? I want to thank you." She said, "No, she said you really helped save my career." I said, "What do you mean?" She said, "True story, I can't make this up." She said, "She said people don't know this." She said, "But I took a great risk on you." She said, "I didn't know you from any. I met you at a restaurant. You was a server. I met you." She said, "I didn't. I didn't um, know who you were, but I saw what you did consistently, and so." I know I needed someone with your spirit, your passion to come in and disrupt. And I took a risk on you. And guess what? It paid dividends for her. So I didn't know that, man. And then i never forget. And then she said, "The when she gave me the opportunity, she, I said, thank you, E. My family thanks you. you changed my life. And she said, I said, how can I ever repay you? She said, "Can't. whenever you get the opportunity, just make sure you do the same thing for someone else. Wow. Powerful, wow. isn't it? So I paid Amazing. the loan back in uh, six years. Um, no problems at all, man. And just just built some great relationships with these financial institutions. Uh, learned how to really start, build, scale a successful businessman, man. Um, and, and did it with other people's money, Dave. Come on, somebody. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amazing. So are yeah. very proud. And she's now not only a friend now, she's a partner. We have did some wow. real estate deals together to this day. Uh, still active, wow, wow. man. And that's your reputation. You know, see, wow. you don't get our life who you what you want, Dave. We get our life who we are. Woo, yeah, come man. on, somebody. Isn't that powerful? That's powerful. Yeah. Kid. Yeah. You, you gotta be the as you bring. I said I wanted to be my yeah. I wanted to own kids' hot dog stands, but God has something yeah. bigger and better in store for me. And wow. um but man, that, that was that was probably one of my top, my top that that whole experience. And I'm still living and eating off of right now to this day. Wow. To this day, wow. still.
1: Yeah, amazing, amazing. So that's beautiful. Uh, so let, let's let's transition a little bit now. Now, talk to us through the sale, right? You you sell these two, um, you know, you yes. essentially retire from that phase of life, right? You. Which you said was one of the, one of your, you know, most profound, you know, moments, and just, I mean, just the sheer work and the things that you had to do to develop as a person to to do that. I mean, I can't imagine what you had to go through and, and what you did. And obviously the success that you saw from the uh, out, the other side of that, but now take me through this transition process. It's it's kind of like, I'm going to go back to your term in the NBA, right? You're playing in the NBA. And then now you got to transition from playing in the league at this high level and doing this kind of thing. And then you go to another side of the world and it's not the same anymore on, wow. uh, you know, so you got to transition now out the league to, to just like magic and and all these other players have to build businesses again outside of this realm
0: so take us through that that's a perfect you, you that's a beautiful Now and that's that's the that's the only person that I could have followed because I really I really wanted to start an NBA and then to be able to the, you got the NBA are franchises so we're franchises so business is business so by being an owner that was my whole paradigm. My point of view was that. So I was watching Magic and Michael make those steps, Edge's strategy. So when I first, I got to digress. When I first sat down and signed my franchise agreement, I went home and within that first week to 10 days, Dave, guess what I did? I I, I, I planned my Edge's strategy. Real talk. Wow. I knew that I. W- my goal was not to own McDonald's. I was true to that. I wanted to be free. So I said, okay, I got this opportunity, and I planned it out. Methodically, I said, I'm going to build these up. And like a roller coaster, when you go to an amusement park anywhere across the world, you know, I've and an engineer taught me this. If you go to it, it have all of these little peaks and valleys, right? But Mm -hmm. they said they got each roller coaster has this huge, huge, as they call it, peak, that it can only get there one time. Come on, somebody. Because of inertia and all that, all the laws of most physics, right? And so business the same way. Business are secular. So I watched it. I said, let me take this puppy to full capacity, take it to the peak. And once it gets to the peak, before it starts to go down, I'm going to sell it. Because Michael Jordan and Oprah Winfrey taught me something. You want to to retire at the top of your game. Woo, come Mm -hmm. on, somebody. So I was strategic about that, Dave. I'm making five million dollars a year, cash money. Mm. For five years, I've God bless me fifty-five thousand dollars, man. Plus, I've made been a steward over, bro, in my life. Mm. So I watched that business when it started. When I took those both stores, no, I, it was no airport, no, it was in neighborhood, both of them, one urban and one suburban. And the one the urban one, it was easy, not easy. It was focused to get that thing to two million. We did, I did a million dollar the first first. Um, the first six months. So I was mm-hmm. on a trajectory for 2 million. So the goal was mm-hmm. to get the three mil because still wasn't doing $3 million back then. So mm-hmm. the all was to get a three mil fast. Now the up, so both of them start when both of them got the three mil. I knew that it was time to go. I won every award, high performing team. So what is the next to do? So then I started to work on my edge to execute my edge strategy. And so I, the hotel space. So I got in contact with the, the National uh, Association of Hotel, uh, Black Hotel Owner, Operators, and Developers. Told them my name is Ken Brown. I'm a successful McDonald's franchisee and I want to get into that space. Because I had credibility with Big Mac and McDonald's, they opened me with open arms, bruh. I went in and I began to learn that side of the so, oh man, it was exciting, man. So then I did that, and then that's when I started to see opportunity out there. And I called my CPA and said, um, no, let me go back. We, we we had a meeting at McDonald's when coffee came out. When coffee, when Starbucks first came out on the scene, mm-hmm. we used to have coffee in our stores. Now, if you came to the to McDonald's before and get a cup of coffee, we would tell you, hey, have a seat, have a seat, Mr. Simmons, got a fresh cup for you. So we wouldn't brew coffee because we didn't sell that many of them. But when mm-hmm. Starbucks came on the scene, we had a we had a, a, a regional meeting and a VP came and said, We found liquid gold. They said, we, uh, Starbucks have helped us out. They took a cup of coffee and made it premium. So now mm. the customer will pay more for coffee. They said, he said, we have the larger distribution chain than them. We have a better system. So now we could dominate that space. So we're going to put a, a full court press on the the, the, ca- the coffee. I was a part Met of that process. Yeah, Met Cafe. Right. I was there when it got yeah. birthed. I, well, I was there. So wow. um, we had to get all this equipment. And, they, and they, I never forget he said, he said, we we have uh, liquid gold. He said we found liquid gold because coffee is very profitable. It's freaking yeah. a bean and hot water. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Can I said again, David. Yeah. It's one of the most profitable items on your on your in uh, your food cost. It's hot wow. water and a bean. You take a bean, wow. you grind it down till this ground is formed. You immerse it with hot water. You get a pot of liquid gold. Ooh, come on, somebody. So. He, then he, we had a meeting thereafter, and he said, you know, it, it's really changing our business. And so he said, the owners now have more equity than ever before in the history of McDonald's. Now, I told you, I'm born a teenage to teenage parents and 50, 10 times. I didn't know what the hell equity was. And I'm mm. owning McDonald's restaurants. I know what sales mm. was, probably like equity. So I called my CPA up. I said, you know what? Um, my st- McDonald's said we have more equity in our stores. And I say, but wh- well, how would I find the equity in my bank account? Mm. I, had, I had a, a real conversation. Mm. He said, Mr. Brown, no, you, you don't find your bank account. I said, well, talk about it. I, be, I was quiet, put them on mute, and let them explain it to me. And they said, then after they got done, I said, okay, thanks a lot. I said, well, how do I get it into my bank account? They said you got to sell i said okay i want you effectively i want you to value both my restaurants they came back the one in detroit they said um you can sell it for 2.7 mil the other one you can sell it for for um i think 1, 1. 1.8 at the time i said sell mm-hmm. the big boy it was newer. I had built it. And it was so powerful, man. Then God gave me favor, man. I had a, a CPA that was gangster and put together a deal that was never done in McDonald's before, whereas McDonald's had started this thing called the New Economic Package. Normally, McDonald's, McDonald's in the real estate business, they go out and buy A1 real estate sites. That's then right. they take their money and they build on them. Then they come find franchisees and we have to pay that, pay that money over, over time, right? Mm-hmm. They wanted to look at their balance sheet. They, they teach you so much about business when you just look. So they wanted to mm-hmm. screw up their balance sheet a little bit. So they wanted to they wanted to really uh, reduce their outflow output of cash. So they said yeah. they came with a, a thing called a new economic package. They said, so mm. in lieu of, we, we find the sites. We buy the sites, right? But instead of us putting our money down to build it, we'll have the franchisee eat the cost of building it. So I had to get a mm-hmm. loan of a million dollars to build a building. You following mm-hmm. me? And so, yep. um, went through that process, man. So, so I had, I still had a note on that building of about $750,000. So, yeah. in this deal, she structured it whereas I was selling my franchise rights for $1.9 and then they had to assume the rest of that note for me to get, because I would have had to take that $1.9 and then pay that. You got to get this, That is so gangster. Mm-hmm. You know yes. what I'm saying? So, I still had follow, a note. Yep. I'm selling the, nope. so, so she had this deal with saying, okay, but well, we're going to structure this deal because the work you've done to build this, you're going to make sure you get everything. So you're going to sell the franchise rights for 1.9 million for one, one site. And we're going to, but the list price is going to be 2.6 million because we're going to have them assume the note on there. Man, when I, I called some people about that, they were like, what are you doing? What are you doing? They were like, I was brilliant. I said, where, where get that from? My CPA. Mm. And I never forget, uh, this is when I knew I made it as an entrepreneur. When I called McDonald's and you have a data sheet, and we on to call, we're on the phone with the president. And he said, Mr. Brown, congratulations, you no, know, on your success. Very proud of how you how you operate the system and what you're able to do. And we're glad you're gonna keep one in the system. And they got a thing called first right of refusal. You're gonna sell, mm-hmm. you gotta give them the first rights. So we sitting there and, and he said, Mr. Brown, we want to make your offer for your restaurant. Now it's on it's it's out there for 2.6 million dollars so he said right. Mr Brown after he kind of stroked me a little bit he said we want to offer you 1.7 and then it was silence on the phone he said Mr Brown did you did I miss you I lose you I said no I'm looking I believe we have an error I believe you have the wrong data sheet because you offered me 1.7 my, my my restaurant is going for 2.7 million 2.6 million he said, mm. No, Mr. Brown, we got the right data sheet. He said, we can't afford to buy that restaurant, pay, pay that for that restaurant. That was a powerful lesson to me. See, mm. just because you got money don't mean you can afford it. Mm. Because if it don't make money, it don't make sense. Woo! Mm. Come on, somebody. That's good. Because think about it. If they would have paid me the full price, they couldn't have sold it somebody else. Mm. That makes sense. So they walked away from it. And I was able to sell it, so um, I sold the first one, paid off my other store, had debt free. um, And then, I then after I operated for debt free for three years, then I executed the phase two of my exit strategy was to leverage leverage my experience, and I started writing books, doing coaching, speaking, and I did the Michael Jackson Moon walk up out of there. Come on, somebody! (laughs) I love it. My name. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, kept my, I kept my name. I operated with integrity and excellence. Um, and nobody can ever you can go to McDonald's. If you go right now, if you go right now to if you go to the National Black McDonald Owners Association website and they got a tab says uh uh retired owners or owner with books, you click that, my name is on that on that site forever. That because now if I was oh, trifling, not they wouldn't have been there. That's important, isn't it? And so I wanted to yeah. make sure that I retired before I expired. So you want to make sure that you leave at the top of your game. Woo. Come on, (laughs) man. Beautiful. I love it. I love it, Ken. This
1: is so powerful. So much, so much wisdom you've shared with us in, in your story. So, so take us to today, right? You, You, you work with all types of business owners, primarily franchise people in the franchise space or people to help establish the franchise space on your consulting side. But then there's two aspects I want you to talk about. If you talk about the consulting side, and then, because there's so many, I guess what you call them, are acquired skills that you gain while learning a, a skill of building a franchise. And one of those things is learning and managing operational, uh, the financials, the, the operations, learning credit, learning how to leverage it, financing, all those things. So if you can speak to the both both sides of one, the the consulting side that you do to help uh, people in the franchise space, and then two. The credit repair and the credit, uh, the business funding, the business finance and all those things that you do utilize to help business owners, too.
0: That's beautiful. That's a great question, Dave. And and, and everything I do, I try I try to be intentional and I don't believe in losses. I believe in learning. So what I done was in my journey. I looked at the lessons I've learned, some even some losses. And then I thought about, hey, Think about me the way I came into business, and I still had some op- areas of opportunity and some some um, some gaps in learning. So then I say Ken, what about the other people who want to buy, build, scale, uh, exit a franchise? So now my company, Ken Brown International Brown Food Group, I go into companies my primarily franchises because that's my that's my wheelhouse. You know, business is business, but I I can do that really at the highest level. And so we help them with. People, product, and process—it's called a three-legged stool. We help them uh, with leadership development. You know what I'm saying? We help them with yep. people, product, product, making sure that that um that they understand how to maximize and utilize the system. Believe it or not, a large percent of people will spend their hard-earned retirement money to get into a franchise, but then they won't maximize. But then they wind up getting stuck. Mm-hmm. So you have to—I I, I teach them go in there, boots on the ground, and show them how to really maximize and leverage the system to get what you want out of it. At the end, the, uh, the processes, once again, a lion's share of the work is st- start with, with the people piece and the processes piece, really, really mm-hmm. getting the people to buy into the process. And uh, mm-hmm. when we do, when we do when those two are married, it's game over, kiss the baby. And so mm-hmm. the credit repair and business funding, because I thought back, Right now, when I started my business outside of McDonald's, like I say, 95% of the people came, had great ideas, very passionate. Um, I mean, great concepts, man. But when it came down to be fun-ready, it just It couldn't happen. So if you don't have... Mm-hmm. Like, funds, to me, in business, it's like having a beautiful Mercedes-Benz or a, a beautiful uh, 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 Maybach, but you don't have any mm-hmm. gas to put in. You got to park it. So mm-hmm. that makes sense? So yes funding sales is is the is, is the engine so I've took my I've built over I've built some nice relationships over these 20 20 i uh, 20, 30 years in business so now I've mm-hmm. reached back and use these relationships to help bring them to small business owners who want to get in the franchise space what say you go own the business and you know you have you want to do some capital improvements you don't have the cash flow you want to use other people's money hey you want to get an additional site hey you don't have the funding so we bring these we bring the funders and the people uh, together. Now, if you're not fund ready, we have a component that will help you get fund ready. So you can take advantage of those funds out there. And the credit repair is very important because I don't, I don't know if I told you this, but when I was in, I'm going diverse, when I was in college, my I was dating um, a young lady and her, uh, her mom, I wanted, I wanted to buy a car. And my mom told me, don't get a car, you no know, ride a bike. And my friends had a car. So I wanted the car. I'm working. So I went to my like a big like like a like a big ass baby. I'm gonna be honest with you. I mm-hmm. went mm-hmm. not crying, but venting to my girlfriend's mom. And she said, Well, Ken, you know, you in college, you're a nice young man, I can co-sign for you. Mm-hmm. And I took I took advantage of it, which I should, it was mm-hmm. totally irresponsible. It was out of order, I'm guilty of it, but I did it. Cause you want what you want, right? Like right. Paul said, the thing that I do, I don't do. And the thing I should do, I don't do. I had my Paul moment right. then. and yeah. but, it, but when you're a man of God and you're walking in God's favor, it's not going to fulfill right. itself. Guess what happened. I got the vehicle, um, driving. I drove it all summer around the town, going to work. And I'll never forget the day that I went back to drive it to school. Me and my buddy, I just got off work, my, my fraternity brother. I was tired. Mm. I told him to drive. We got 200 miles. He nudging me. It's white smoke coming out the engine, the car, the engine blew in the car. I had just bought the car. And, I, but I still, I had a note on the car. So I had to, I, I, I had to, I went to, I filed a bankruptcy at like what? 19 years old. So now 19 years, old, I filed a bankruptcy. I, I, I didn't try to do it. So I went back to court and I told them I didn't want to file bankruptcy. I wanted to consolidate my bills. So all those vendors said, okay. And I paid them. I paid them off. They gave me a letter. So that was my first experience with credit repair at 20 years old. I repaired my own credit. Why is that important, Dave? Because fast forward, the McDonald's opportunity, the only thing she, the comptroller asked me was, Ken, how is your credit? Now, wow. I had to have good credit in order for them to get me that $3 million. Wow. So I know that there is a there, there there's this there's a major, major power behind having. Personal, good good personal credit, that's going to get you business credit. You know what I'm just saying? Right. You don't have to use your personal credit. You leverage it. So mm-hmm. I'm on this mission this season to really help people understand that. Work on your personal credit so you can leverage, leverage other things in your life. But if you are one of the people who want a business, this is the first step. You might not have any money, but you got credit, and credit is money. Woo, come on, mm-hmm. somebody. Help me out. And so it's yeah. just a whole spirit of helping people get financial financially literacy because in my opinion, to be financially literate is the way to freedom. That makes sense mm. to me. And so uh-huh. yes, yeah, I do that all day long. Man, I can go I go into these companies and we wow. help I can help the staff with them. Most of the And then one thing I found, Dave, it's kind of hard. I didn't realize when I started this business, it was gonna be most people, they'll talk about cars, clothes, restaurants. But when you talk about credit, you hear crickets because people are embarrassed. You gotta be honest about your credit. Because I love credit, it's organic. You know, I've had a I had a, a 450 credit score before, 500. But then, you know what? You can once you get aware of it, you know what I'm saying? See Nietzsche said, when you know the why, you can endure it anyhow. Woo! Come on, somebody. And so, people got blind. You got to take the blindfolds off. And I think oftentimes, most people, especially business owners, you see them nice cars, nice business. But what I find is, the more and more that I get engaged with them, our credit, you finding out that their credit is jacked because you got cash. I was I was guilty of that. And you got cash, you thinking. You don't need, especially once you, once you achieve your goal, once you get that long sign, you get the house, you get the car, you get the business, you don't focus on your credit. Right. You, you should, but you don't. And so most people, they got, they it's not really good. And so yeah. they don't want to talk about it. And so what I want to do is I want to make sure that it, it has to be one of those things that you talk about and focus on because credit is money and it's, it's better to have it and not need it. They not need it. They need it and not have it. Does that make sense? Right.
1: Makes perfect sense. Good stuff. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So let let's wrap with um money wise credit repair. Tell us about that and how people can can get 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 involved and and get their credit fixed, get their get their business funding, get all the things that they need. Well, that's a great question, Dave. Well what we do first
0: off, we don't we don't really fix the credit, we educate okay. it's a hybrid. Because you, what we find is that, what we, and I've partnered with. with uh, I'm not, I'm not an expert at this, but I have, I have, 20 years of experience. So what I've done is, I've partnered with a company who's been in business for 30 years doing this, and now we partnered, and so they really are the ones who do the hard work because bold they did was fold my company into theirs that makes sense so yeah. we're talking about 25 years of experience i am just yeah. the face of this, to be totally transparent with you and so yeah. it's very yeah. simple you can go to money m- moneywisecredit.com click the link it's gonna take you to uh uh you put you put your information in there and once you put your information in there that's when the process begins because once you get into our once you get engaged with us you know then We start a process of educating you about not what to do with your credit. Things you should be doing now. So you get a contact, not every week, but you get strategic contacts about your credit. Like the first thing you're going to do is, the first click, they're going to tell you, you need to get credit monitored. Everybody on this call. And not Credit Karma. Credit Karma is a marketing. I'm beyond not not judging. They're a marketing company. Even Mm -hmm. Experian and Equifax. Those arms, those are marketing arms. Because think about it. When you, you all get these advertisements, but you need to get a nice, robust one, and we have one, smart credit. Smart credit, it should be in the bio. Go to my bio, uh, mind your business at click the bio, get credit monitoring. this is probably the one the most robust I've ever seen it gives you the 3B report it gives you update I mean it's a wonderful robust one we use that as our tool and then from there we take a look at your credit there and then we educate you through the process then when you sign up then you sit back and we do the work for you we do the work and guess how we do the work we do the work by all we do is leverage woo I love leverage we leverage the law the fair, reco- mm. the fair Credit Reporting Act. It's not magic. We're not going to do no kind of magic and shady stuff. We are all we're doing is holding the law accountable. These credit bureaus accountable for what they should be doing. And now, right. I want to tell you right now. This is very important. It it it, it don't take us. Uh, it don't it don't take us. Uh, uh, it's very it's it's, it's very uh, quick to get your credit jacked up. But building that credit back up is a process. And so I got a call the other day and I said, Ms. Brown, how long does it take? And that depends on the client. That depends on your situation. But I can tell you that looking at the, the, the web that they taught me is over the whole spectrum. It's gonna take you anywhere from 60 to about 90 days to see some uptick. Now, it might be some low hanging fruit, some stuff that's really, we get one letter out there, one letter, one call to get it erased, might get a few points. But to get right. you back, to get you whole and when you can see a difference, you gotta be patient. So so that C right. to be patient anywhere from some 60 days to 90 to 120 days. Now, if yep. your credit is, is is really, really jacked up, it might take you six to eight months. But be patient. On the other side of there is freedom. That makes sense. So we make we made it sense. very, very easy, very user friendly. Um We know it's about 99% automated. We will have every month a one-on-one review with you. But, 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 and that's, if you want to, so a one-on-one live call with you looking at progress, looking at results, looking at speed bumps. But other than that, you click and we do the work and you'll get the, you'll get educated on the way, uh, on the way, but we do the work for you, period. I I love this so much. See, because it's so interesting because um, a lot of my, my employees, I found out you could pay them money, but if they're losing money by paying high interest rates or paying more than they should, I started doing that. I, before, I used to hire people to come into my company and do credit repair. But since mm-hmm. I have so many people my sphere of influence, I just partnered mm-hmm. with a company and now we do it. Come on, somebody. Because as an entrepreneur, you find a need and fill it. And so okay. I've always had a, a mission for my life is to help 4 million people get free from a life they created. Mm-hmm. This is just another part of that because if I can help people get free financially, Dave, that's powerful, is it not? Because it, it. it gives you yeah. clarity, does it not? When you right. when you free, when you free, it gives you clarity. You make better decisions. You got more of a bounce, you know. And right. the Bible says, it, it, but I, it's in Proverbs. Mm-hmm. If you as if you, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing probably, probably Holy Spirit, but it, poor people don't really have a voice. It's said that in the Bible Proverbs. That's why it's important for us to make sure that at least from a financial credibility standpoint, you are respectable. That makes sense? And we got to act, I'll say in closing, Dave, we got to ask ourselves. We we know it's called credit. It's credibility. And people, credit is simple. And people trust you with their money. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, 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 And then when they look at your credit, all that is, is an indication of how you'll treat their money. So I we, we teach people how to. I don't care if you got a small budget, a thousand, if you got a thousand dollars a month, two thousand a month, be a good steward with that. Because the Bible says when you're faithful with the small things, we'll make you the ruler of many things. Woo! Come on, somebody. How in the world you think you're gonna get somebody to give you three million dollars? I told you. But she she saw my skill set, saw my mindset, she saw my passion, but this is business. She asked that one question: How's your credit? Now, what if mm-hmm. I would have filed bankruptcy at nineteen and not did anything about it? Fast forward mm-hmm. when she came to me, I would have said my credit is jacked up. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important for us to really mm-hmm. get that credit yeah. to a respectable place, so we then be- can begin to live in freedom and leverage yeah. other people's money. Dave, man, this is some exciting stuff, bro.
1: Yeah, it is, man. What a what a beautiful just journey. Um we asked this for every listener on the show. I mean for every every guest on the show. Um you didn't you weren't prepped on this question. Uh but what is the difference between one's gift and one's purpose? One's gift wow. and one's purpose. You ain't gotta pray me for this man.
0: You, yeah. So, so that's a great question, Dave, because I had I got convicted about purpose because I, you know, I grew up on Dr. Miles Monroe and I I eat him and he is one of the forefathers of purpose. You agree with that? So, oh yeah, um, and I used to I struggle with that purpose. What's your purpose? I used to tell people purpose, but for me, they're totally different. Mm-hmm. A gift is in the Bible. Leadership, mm-hmm. service, right, management—those are gifts. They come from above. Woo! Come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. purpose—we all have the same purpose. Don't miss this. Our purpose is to live God's purpose for our life and we try to get deeper with that man it, it, because how do you know but your gift yeah. you you can find your gift out because guess what you do it you do it with flow you know and i love the you know, and plus the bible says your gift will make room for you like my gift right. was i told you for service That's service right. i'm a i got a service heart and the bible says to be truly great you must first serve others that is a gift because you got some people out here they don't have the gift of service they got the gift of selfishness, right? know I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> like, no, right, <laughs> but but um. So your gift is something that you can discover. That's the difference, Dave. You, our job, our job, our job is to every day and every way not to go work a job, but to find out, figure out, and operate in our gifting every day. Mm. It's a journey. However, we all have a purpose because, and you only. Find your purpose out by plugging in to your to the to the source every day. Mm-hmm. Prayer, every day. our Father who <laughs> out in heaven. How you, know, you plug in, you find out you get a yeah. download, and, and, and then you know what I love. see your gift don't change, but your purpose change depending on your location and your season. Woo! Come on, somebody. It's true. That it's makes true. sense. So your gift, purpose. your gift, you you can you, you can refine your gift. You know you could develop your gift. Discover your gift, but your purpose. And I I was wrong with that. I thought my purpose is this. But guess what? Your purpose shifts with the season. Mm. Because our purpose is to live God's purpose for our life. Like in the Mm. kitchen, we have different knives. So if we're Mm. filleting something, we pull that fillet knife out. That fillet knife is the fillet. Come on, you're going with that. So your purpose is the same way. Your purpose is. It's not about your gift, it's for you, Mm -hmm. your purpose is for other people and God. Mm -hmm. Now it changes, it changes. So think about it. You can't change your purpose. We all have the same purpose. It's to live a life. The Bible tells us it says, We are made for God by God. I could stop there. Can I? I think it's somewhere in Colossians. Come on, somebody. It says we're made for God by God. And I can say, period. Woo! Come on, somebody
1: man brother man, you dropped the heat heat bombs on them two times man thank you so much for blessing the people can't wait for everyone to hear this episode and and be blessed by this episode just like i have thank you brother i appreciate you sincerely greatly um thank you for blessing people today thank you brother
0: i searched all over the world struggling to find dear listener I would
1: like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discover My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date. And it's called The Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats. An amazing spoken word over it. And I'd love to give that to you as a free gift, as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community. So, to get your copy, all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com. That's podcast.david, the middle initial D, Simons, S I M O N S, dot com, and get yours today. Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode. How I Discover My Gift with David D. Simons is proud to be of the amazing and illustrious Alive Podcast Network.